Welcome to Dice Camera Action in audio form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. For the current Tomb of Annihilation storyline as the Waffle Crew adventures in the jungles of Chult, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dungeon Delve RSS feed. For more information on Tomb of Annihilation, head to dnd.wizards.com slash toa, or if you have any questions about the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca. We'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew, and welcome to the jungle, my friends. Hello, welcome to <laughs> Dice Camera Action. All right. Yay. 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 All right. Uh, this week we got a guest star, Mr. Jeff Robinson. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. I don't think we've ever fun. had such an attractive guest before. <laughs> 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 all around, polite laughter. <clears throat> uh, so, last week, the Waffle Crew had their second visit from the Night Hags. And on this particular visit, Strix, Paulton, and Diath all had... Um, A these, great time. The great time, yes. These spectral hags jamming what felt like pillowcases down their throats, these black sacks. And um, Evelyn, you were awakened to the sound of your companions gagging in the night, but couldn't see what they were gagging on. Um, but you do smell the sort of drying out uh, uh, odor of Strix's pastries. And as you watch, uh, those pastries, you see, Evelyn, forms <laughs> materialize out of nowhere. At first, they kind of look ghostly and spectral, and they're just sort of wavering a bit. But then they solidify, and you see three hags with midnight blackish blue skin um, in the dark room that you're in um, materialize and just start reaching out for the pies. Do I know? No, I don't know these were made for hags. So, oh, uh, no, yeah. you don't. So, and you're, you're kind of like propped up in a corner like a doll. <laughs> Just sort of walk. And they, they, you don't get the impression that they've, they treat you as a living creature, that you're just something that the party has been carrying around. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as you say that, they as they're reaching for the pies greedily, they all turn to face you. Um, and you can see one of them has a bag over its head and what looks like a terrier head poking out through a hole in it. Uh, another one has what looks like coins covering her eyes. And the third one, it's a little hard to tell, but she's got something crawling all over her skin, maybe like ants. So I, I yell at them, oh no you don't, but then I remember that when we were on the boat, we talked about hags coming to help us, mm -hmm. actually. Yes. So I'm like, oh, oh, sure, yeah. Help yourself to some pie. <laughs> Just a second. And then I go try to administer to my friends who I think are choking. But I have my, like, yeah. 
or of protection and everything. So I'm just kind of like trying to yank whatever's in their throats out of their throats and just. There's nothing there. Um, and as soon as you sort of climb on top of them, they start to wake up because they can feel you climbing hey, on top of them. Hey, wake and, up! And uh, they stop gagging at that point. Uh, and as you're doing that, you see the hags snatch up the pastries and. Um, one of them bites into it while the other two just sort of watch her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, Strax, is it okay if our new hag friends have some of your pie? Wake up. Just what was that pie for? Pie. Yes, it's warming the pie. Don't wake me up. I'm asleep. Don't, I don't want to see them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see that one, the hag who bit into the pie finds what looks like a long piece of hair, and she just sort of pulls it out and tucks it away, and then she scarfs down the rest of the pie. <laughs> Just don't say anything. I'm still asleep. I'm, I'm like dreams. opening one of her eyes. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Strix, you can see as she pries one of your eyes open, <laughs> off in the corner, in the dark corner where you left the pies, uh, are these three shapes, these dark horned figures with their backs to you. And can you hear their lips smacking as one by one they start to scarf down the pies? Don't be embarrassed. They like it. You're a great baker. Oh, <laughs> it's supposed to make up, so hopefully they don't come back again. Like, maybe the pies will, like, not have them choke us. Like, I just, I was choking. Her eyes are still closed. Diath, there's enough noise now that you wake up. Um. <laughs> Wait, we've never seen these hags before. What are you talking about? Are you having a weird dream? Stop talking. <laughs> Her eyes are still closed. So, Diath, when you wake up, you can actually see the three hags huddled in the corner eating the pies. It's hard to make out what they are at first, but once your eyes adjust a little bit to the moonlight coming in through the window, you do see that they are clearly these um, horned, dark-skinned, black-haired, demonic crones. I make no movements whatsoever. (laughs) Okay. Good, good. That's good. All right. attack them. Then the hags finish off the pies. They uh, lick their fingers. Um... They seem quite content, and then you see them sort of shift out of your reality, become ghostly once again, and then as they make their way toward the door, their ghosts just sort of fade away, and they just kind of pass right through the door. Bye! Thanks for stopping by! Why didn't you want to say hi? Okay, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't they supposed to help us with with Paulton? The pies were just to make it less bad. Paulton, you hear your name and you sort of wake up. Huh? What? They were supposed to fix Paulton's thing, you know? Is it fixed yet? I like, I like wake up after that. I'm just like, who's got a smoke? (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else have a great night? Yeah. The hags weren't particularly clean. They left crumbs of the pies everywhere Uh, on the floor and stuff, but they're gone. I will immediately press the digitation those away. <laughs> no. All right. None of that. Uh, at least I, I mean, the whole point of Strix baking the pies was to maybe just like satiate them for a moment so that if they do come back, it, whatever they're doing is not as brutal or whatever. Okay. She knows she can't fight them. There's no way to fight these things, so. It's hard for well sure. Make uh, them a pie. You don't have any more distressing encounters through the rest of the night, and you still have some sleep to get before you wake up refreshed the next morning. But when you do wake up the next morning, and you go downstairs for the usual buffet that has been arranged on the ground floor of Kaya's House of Repose, as you trundle down the steps, um, 
brushing the sleepies out of your eyes and yawning, and probably not in Evelyn's case, she's totally fine, like, hey, I'm ready to go, the morning, blah, blah, blah. But you see that a couple, one of the servants of, how, of the, or the, the matron of the House of uh, Repose is having an argument uh, downstairs in the doorway with uh, a tall, burly, female half-orc. And standing in the half-orc's shadow, more shadow, is a wretched little creature with greenish-yellow skin, large pointed ears, sort of halfling-sized, but very kind of monstrous and hideous. And he's just sort of burdened <laughs> down with gear and packs and pans, and he's got like a small little ladder and like some rope and a bunch of other crazy crap. It looks like he's carrying not only his stuff, but hers as well. And the, what they're arguing about seems to be, uh, well, you hear the, the matron of the inn say something to the effect of, we don't let talking toads into this establishment. And the half-orc's like, he's my steward. He's not a toad, he's a goblin. That's racist. <laughs> Did we see this uh, half-orc earlier? Like yeah. The previous day? Yeah, talking to artists down here. Weren't they like uh, kind of involved? They were having a involved conversation, yes. And when the half-orc sees you come piling down the stairs, she points and says, we're with them. Uh. <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> At which point the matron kind of looks at you, sees that you're paying customers staying here, and she just sort of rolls her eyes and walks away. Now, Jeff, what you see is, coming down the stairs, is a wide-eyed puppet woman. Uh, kind of short, um, but she's got all this gear, including a, an axe, which looks like it was partially made out of a tree of some kind. And uh, behind her is a tall, svelte young man, mm. um, probably 18, 19 years old, uh, uh, dressed in leather armor, uh, who's, he, he looks like his eyes are darting around the room, uh, <laughs> studying every detail as he comes down, even though he's probably been down these stairs a half a dozen times. Looks like he's attuned to danger. And then behind him, you see this witch with a witch hat and a broom, and a little cloud of flies that she's absently swiping at as she talks um, and making her way toward the food. And then uh, sometime after them, kind of coming down the stairs with a wide yawn, is a, another youngish man with uh, blonde hair um, who uh, looks like he, uh, he, he could easily have slept another 12 hours. <laughs> uh, as they kind of descend and, and come walking forward, my eyes lock on with the group, and I to put the orc between us and them with just half my face kind of peeking out behind her thigh. And I tap on her thigh, which is a code that I've worked out rigorously with her for when I'm uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> they have a doll, and you know I hate dolls. And <laughs> I fully put myself behind her. Uh, she, when you do that, she turns to you and she says, get used to it. They're our party now. I, I deeply gulp, but then come out halfway from behind her thigh once more. Okay. Do I see? Do I see him like duck behind? Yeah, you see this goblin creature duck behind the burly half orc. Say, so, oh, who's, who's this little one? 
God. <laughs> as you say that, I kind of straighten my back, shift my, you know, ridiculous amount of gear that I'm carrying around, kind of walk forward and say, uh, my name is Shumba, but I only tell my closest confidence my last name. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Sh- and I like throw up a little bit because I'm still drunk. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Nice to meet you. Oh. A little wad of spittle and barf lands on the floor in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Prestidigitation that away. <laughs> I can be messy, but nothing else should be. <laughs> and then wow. that barf is just just whisked away by magic. You see some little sparkles of magic come from the witch, and it's gone. I take a look around for Dragon Bait. Is he around? Uh, no, you can't see him downstairs. Dang it. Do we smell anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I lean over to Diaz and I'm like, why, why do we have new party members again? Why do we need them? Don't know. But why, are, they, are they actually our party or are they just pretending to be our party and we should be suspicious? I don't know. I mean, you're asking me? Always suspicious. The half-orc walks up to you, Diath, and she stands about a foot taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, you, you can see uh, that she has a holy symbol around her neck, um, uh, which you can make a religion check if you want. Okay. Intelligence otherwise. Uh, I will certainly try. You've seen the symbol before um, in Waterdeep quite a lot. Eleven? Oh, that's good enough. You recognize it as okay. the symbol of Torm, the god of strength. Oh, makes sense. Do I do I see this? Uh, yeah, you would see it as well. How do I feel about Torm as a servant of Lathander? Um, let me see if they share any common domains for starters. I don't know. Evelyn's kind of muscly. <laughs> All right. She likes um, strength a lot. You have, but I mean, like, muscles. if our if our gods have any beef, you know, like I'm not cool. But if our gods are chill, then I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, so Torm, the god of courage, strength, and self sacrifice, symbol is a white right gauntlet. Uh, there's not a lot of crossover between the two faiths. Lathander is more about light, life, and. Um, you know, the hope of, of a new sunrise, of a new dawn. Mm-hmm. Torm is more about the, the, the courage, the embodiment of courage in times of war and strife. Mm. Okay. So it's much more martial focused. And, so uh, I'm like, I'm into Torm, but like we're not buddies or anything. No. Okay. Uh, you, find, you find a lot of Tormites, Tormites, huh? Uh, uh, you find a lot of them are are very very eager to throw themselves into battle, uh, um, which I would never do. Right. So on that level, you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she introduces herself to you as Umbril, and again she introduces Chumba, her steward, and says that she talked with Artis about um, accompanying you up the river Soshin Star. She says, I'm part of an order called the Order of the uh, Gauntlet, and we have a camp up the river. We'll follow you as far as there. Oh. But why? 
because the jungle is dangerous and having a priest like me around might actually be advantageous. Oh, so you just want our protection. That's fine, of course. We'll protect you, no problem. We'll protect each other. How do you know artists? We'd met previously. We hit it off. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> He's a good man. He's all right. I mean, all right. Contrary to the back of the rest of the party. It's we like- brought our own supplies, and uh, I can also cast a spell that will summon food and water. Hmm. That sounds good. So we can travel light. Uh, we have an owl bear though that's not very light. She says, "Well, it can follow our canoes." I, I guess. I guess it can. What if I make it small and and reduce its size? <gasps> you be careful with waffles. Do it. And then they can ride with us. I mean, waffles would be really cute, small, but you be careful. She says, "I forgot to ask Artis, which one of you is the party leader?" That would be me. If anyone has any questions, inquiries, <laughs> please direct all of them. I am. Can I? I'm gonna. Can I hit him with my broom? When you sure. That? <laughs> the broom's just gonna like hit him in the face. Yeah, the random broom swipe in the face. I just immediately hit the floor and start snoring. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and she says, "And which of you is our navigator?" Oh. I mean, uh, by navigator. What, who's guiding you, us? I, I mean. I'm good we, at surviving. It's kind of a democracy kind of thing. We just kind of you know, weigh all of each other's opinions. And, I mean, at the moment, we're supposed to be guided by dragon bait as soon as he shows uh, up. I kind of tap Umbral on the thigh again and say, ask them which one is the ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> Do I overhear that? Yes. Are you talking about me, little guy? <laughs> That's real funny. I'm Evelyn Avalona Helvig Marthane. Pleased to meet you, and I deeply curtsy, but it's like click, 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 because I have to get down that low. <laughs> he looks at you and says, yes, yes, of course. And he's looking around at everyone around you. Nice to meet you as well. I get back up. I'm just like, ooh, idea. So where's Simon? Where's my son? Simon, you have a new friend. Come in. Ah, friends! They're so, just the right size for each other. Simon will, uh, he sort of followed Paulton down the stairs. He'll trundle over and stand in front of you, Chumba. Mm. And uh, this puppet is about three feet tall, dressed like a jester or a clown. It's kind of freakish to you, I suppose, um, with a big sort of jester hat on. And it's a puppet? It, it looks like a walking puppet. It's made of wood and cloth and uh, leather, and it's painted with all kinds of bright, dazzly clown colors. And, and it just like walked over here? I yeah, guess. it just, just sort of... And it's now standing in front of you, kind of looking up at Paulton and looking back at you. His eyes get really wide. <laughs> Simon, this is your new friend. Um, a puddle of urine sort of forms on the floor. Oh no! <laughs> around the goblin. Uh, uh, Ch- Chumba, right? Yes. Chumba, yeah. 
Yeah, let's, okay. Don't kill him, okay? Don't kill him. No kill. Be good friends. Good friends. I think the, I the puppet think will extend its arms and come out to you like to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> Did it just pee? Is that what you said? No, you uh, peed. I'm saying you peed. Oh, wow. You, you just realized <laughs> it. Um, it. Yeah, I just kind of back up. Okay. It starts to follow you. <laughs> I walk out of the place. And okay, it chases you outside. <laughs> oh, God. You're hitting it off so well. I'm so happy. Cut to a scene where you're just all looking through the door frame and you see the goblin go by and then the puppet go by and then the goblin go by and then the puppet go by. <laughs> Strix is just like, do not lose that thing again, okay? They'll be fine. Uh, Chumba, as you are trying to stay, keep your distance away from the puppet and kind of looking over your shoulder, <clears throat> you hit something. And uh, just make a dexterity saving throw for me. All uh, right. Is that two dice? Uh, it's just a d20. Oh, a d20. Yeah. And uh, just add your dexterity uh, bonus. Okay. Which Sorry, would I be... Sorry, that out there. Do, 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 do. Let me just check your character here. Oh, shit. Shoot. Oops. <laughs> ball, ball, ball. Uh, 18. Okay. Uh, you're able to keep your feet as you run into this creature, and it looks like a reptilian man in a cloak and clothes. Uh, his head has almost like a dinosaur-like shape to it, and his skin is green. There is a sword in a loop basically around his uh, plain leather belt. And uh, he's not much, he's not a really big creature. Uh, dragon bait is only about five feet tall or so. Wouldn't have to me, okay. Yeah. Um, but he's stocky, and so when you hit him, it's like, oh, he doesn't move an, a bit, but it stops you, and then you just sort of fall into the embrace of Simon, who hugs you. <laughs> um, this has been a very traumatic experience, so, <laughs> so he surrendered, you know, if he's in the arms of Simon, he gives up. He's just looking up at him, waiting for All right, truly to come. Excellent. Uh, you smell ham. It I seems to be it. coming from the creature, the, the reptilian creature in front of you. Okay. Realizing that this insane devil doll is not killing me, I kind mm-hmm. of give it a reassuring squeeze of the shoulder area. Okay. Realizing we're now best friends. And I kind of look towards the lizard and say, do you have ham? He shakes his head. And then just sort of walks past you. Uh, to the door so that the rest of you can see that dragon bait has returned. Oh, good. Our guide is here. <laughs> I follow, I guess. Yeah. Now uh, really uh, he just nods and then uh, he uh, looks at all of you, uh, doesn't say anything, um, but is standing outside in a manner that suggests he's ready to go whenever you are. Excellent. Uh. So if that's the case, we shouldn't dawdle here much longer. We've already caused enough trouble in this town. <laughs> had trouble find us. Yeah. When does that not happen? <laughs> I still think we shouldn't have let him go. We probably won't have to worry about it ever again. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> All um, right. So are we, how are we going to deal with waffles? Are we going to let them run along the side, make Waffles tiny, turn Waffles into a cloud, put Waffles in a bottle. Bottle! 
So if you want to reduce waffles, that's the enlarge reduce spell. That will last, just so you know, um, up to one minute. So it doesn't last that long. <laughs> right. Well, waffles is just going to have to run alongside then. Okay. Um, and Umbral says that uh, canoes are are waiting for us um, to pick up on the way. Excellent. And if, yeah, if you can guide us to the uh, the first camp, and then hopefully from there, Dragon Bait can uh, guide us to where we need to go. Well, all she knows, what she says, all I know is that the the camp is on the river. So if we follow the river, we should be fine. But I'm not exactly sure how to get to the river, so hopefully he knows. Do you know? She says to Dragonbait. Dragonbait? And he nods. Excellent. All right. And so you follow Dragonbait through the city. And the city is bustling as it was yesterday. Um, You sort of cut through crowds of people. When you get to the market, uh, Umbril makes a brief diversion, uh, uh, gives a small pouch to a man, and then uh, points to two canoes that you guys now have to carry. Um, two, pe- <gasps> two people can basically carry a canoe over their heads. The canoes aren't that heavy. Real quick. I love canoeing! Uh, after last night, did we get the effects of a full rest? You do. Hooray! Ooh. Some did- of us were poisoned. Yeah, <laughs> I hate I hate to ask this, but do we lose any hit points from the curse? So the one who's missing the ring now is Strix, it's, right? It's me, yeah. So you lose one hit point from the curse. All right. I thought that we I thought we dealt with that with the hex. No, we have one more night. One more night. We've, we've got one more. Hurt. And yeah. dealt with is a is a strong word. We yeah. don't know what's happening. The worst night to come. As far as Evelyn knows, they just had to come for a visit, and they did, and they ate pie. So everything. They did fun. eat pie. Yep. All right. Uh, so Umbril leads you. Uh, so first of all, who's gonna? Umbril can certainly carry one end of one canoe, and Dragon Bait can carry the other end of that canoe. So there's one canoe taken care of. Um, there is a second canoe that needs two people to carry it. I nominate I Evelyn and not Jared. <laughs> not Jared. <laughs> yeah, uh, Evelyn's already like trying to carry it on her own. She's like, I love canoeing. Look, I can hold this. It's it's, it's, it's not that you so can't fun. carry it. Um, in fact, you're strong enough to easily carry it. It's awkward, however, Sticks as you sort. Will help. Okay. And her broom will help. <laughs> Alton will direct. Okay. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Keep it up. All right. As you go through the city streets and past crowds, you occasionally bump into people, but it's no big deal. Um, Umbral seems to be guiding you along streets that hug the wall of the city. And the wall is on the other side of the city from the harbor. Basically, past the wall are uh, big trees, uh, hills, mountains, and the wilderness. Um, But you sort of avoid the heavy crowds by walking near the walls. And as you follow the wall along, you pass under some bridges and between some buildings and through some neighborhoods. Uh, children run past and forth, some t- pa- uh, back and forth, sometimes even under the canoes as you are carrying them. But you finally get to one of the towering gates of the city. And it looks like a big giant gatehouse with a portcullis on the inside made of wood and uh, big heavy doors on the outside that are currently open, and the portcullis is currently raised, so there's no obstruction to leaving. 
the, t the top of the gatehouse actually has trees growing on it. Like it's flat on top and there must be a garden up there and trees are sort of sprouting from the top of it. So it looks very natural and beautiful. And there are all these painted murals of dinosaurs and people on the surfaces of the gatehouse. So it's quite beautiful and decorative. But as you make your way under the gatehouse and are now leaving the city, you see that there is another small town outside, right outside the gates. And it looks like it's built in the remains of ancient ruins because the two closest structures to you are these giant ziggurats. And built on these ancient crumbling ziggurats, you can see bamboo shacks on every tier. It's like people have taken over these ruins and kind of turned it into a sort of bamboo ghetto. Now, connecting the two ziggurats over the road is a narrow stone bridge that looks like it was added later at some point, and dangling from that bridge are what appear to be carcasses. And they're absolutely covered with thousands upon thousands of flies. Like all the swarms of flies that would normally be devouring the people out here are feasting on these hanging carcasses instead. You know, I thought it was nice that Chult was so homey and sweet, but seeing corpses dangling really just does remind me of Barovia, and it does bring back such nice memories, doesn't it? Only this place has insect repellent. What? <laughs> are they? Are they? Do they look like they were hung? Like, do they look like? The yeah, they look like ridiculous? that they were actually hung there, probably oh. for the purpose of attracting flies. Oh. Like a, Simon it's like a Dilbuck. primitive bug lamp kind of thing going on here. Can I zoom up and check one out on my broom? Ew. You can. That draws some attention <laughs> from the crowds and crowds of people that live among the ruins here as you and fly you just up. just drop the canoe? So it's like... Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, you've got the whole weight of the canoe now, Evelyn, so every time you turn, you're sort of spinning. The whole canoe is turning around and just <laughs> banging people in the back and in the face. And, Sorry. Sorry. Um, my mistake. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Strix, when you fly up and take a closer look, you see most of the carcasses look like dinosaurs or animals or beasts of some kind Ooh. underneath the clouds of flies. Um, but you also see one of them hanging from its uh, feet appears to be a goblin, like your new <gasps> friend weird. down there. I don't really notice that though, right, do I? Uh, you can make a perception check, a wisdom perception check. It's a d20 roll plus your wisdom uh, perception Ooh. bonus, which is actually minus one. I rolled a 15, so I got a 14. Okay, you do, as Strix goes up and the flies start to kind of scatter around her, you see that one of the dead carcasses is a goblin, but you are not close enough to see if you recognize it. Okay. Oh. And it looks like it's been eaten away somewhat, making it even harder to discern. It's just yeah. a day in the life for, for Chumba, so he kind of looks at that and gives a firm nod. It, it just confirms his suspicions that everyone's out to get him. Mm -hmm. so, oh no. That was coming. Well, Strix was just trying to find a weird bit to pull off of something if she could find one. Yeah, you can essentially uh, pull the the sort of half-fly-eaten claw off of what looks like a velociraptor. Sweet. All right. That's awesome. Okay. All right, I take that and come back down yep. and probably come back with like 20 more flies. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Then grab the canoe and they're just like buzzing around. A, uh, a couple guards on the gatehouse now above and behind you shout down to you. They don't, don't seem to be shouting down to anybody in particular, just to the whole group. And one of them says, are you going for a walk in the jungle? 
don't tell him anything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> he says, not to look at you, but his eyes dart to the side. <laughs> Watch out for terror folk, eh? Thank you. Te- wait, what? Ter- what are terror yeah. folk? And uh, he he's, uh, kind of laughs when you say that. And then uh, his buddy, uh, who's with him, says, And tree frogs! Watch out for the tree frogs! Can do. I kind of shout up to him, What fool wouldn't look out for tree frogs? <laughs> <laughs> Tricks, you heard that, right? Don't mess with the tree frog. The, the what? The tree frog? Don't the tree, touch tree, them? Don't touch the tree frogs. Uh, yes. So What's just a tree frog? And the dinosaurs. Like, okay. And the undead dinosaurs, too. Ha, 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 ha. Undead dinosaurs? Cool. That sounds like a bad time. Evelyn's like, she's got this canoe, but it is, so it's like echoing. She's like, I would really like some more information about any of those things. <laughs> I want four of the last one. <laughs> I don't think you can tame those. And one of them says, and beware of Zorbos. You're just listing weird uh, words yeah, now. Yeah, you're making that up. <laughs> I look at him, I'm just like, well, and you beware of the bomb flubin flappins. <laughs> I think you made that up. really dangerous. See, we can say funny words too. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're laughing, and actually one of them seems to actually be drinking. They're making this up. We're mm. fine. Yeah. As you uh, press on, and Strix is sort of smitten with her new find, uh, you continue your way through this sort of outside shanty town built among these ancient ruins, and carved in the middle of the avenue ahead of you, almost the length of a football field, is a trench surrounded by wooden fencing, and there's a bunch of people congregated around this, and Chumba, you have been here before. Mm. This is Executioner's Run. <gasps> I kind of look at the group knowingly and say, yeah, been here before. They call this Executioner's Done. It's where they do the Executioner. (laughs) (laughs) And as you guys uh, approach, you can see the spectators are getting really, really excited as two men in in robes, uh, in, in sort of white and gold robes, have what looks like a prisoner. And uh, this prisoner's not being like, it's not bound or anything, it's just being grabbed by the arms and has been kind of lifted and hoisted off his feet and is being dragged toward a gate that's opening on one end. And I'd like you all to make perception checks or wisdom checks. I get to use my new dice, Chris. You guys look what Chris sent me. (gasps) (gasps) Yeah. Let's find out if they're lucky. Lucky, happy dice. Come on, come on. So, Jeff, you've got a minus one on your d20 roll because your wisdom is eight. I rolled a four, which I believe equates to a three, so just go ahead and reveal. All right, yeah. Uh, 22. Nice. Uh, I rolled a one. Okay. 13. 13, okay. 15. All right. Paulton and Diath, you can see at the far end of the trench is another gate, and... uh, Behind that are some, look like stalls or something, and you see uh, people on the far end preparing to release what look like to be a pair of velociraptors. Yeah, casual velociraptor release. Yeah. Cool! I want one of those! And uh, yeah, so they open up the thing, and then the velociraptors sort of go out and they disappear down into the, the floor of the trench. 
And uh, this guy that they're holding looks like is going to get deposited in the other end of the trench. And as he is drawn uh, toward what seems to be his death, you see another man uh, about 30 feet behind him being restrained by a third guard, just crying and bawling his eyes out and crying out uh, uh, for... Uh, oh. <laughs> Has that been here, Chris? Can I make a perception check to see yep. if I recognize anyone? So, like, All right, guys, I don't have a clear understanding of what's going on, but here's what I piece together. So this guy is being reunited with his pet philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And he doesn't look happy about it at all. Because they've been separated for so long, <laughs> I think. It's pro- that's probably definitely it. And the man who is uh, crying and weeping because this other man is being uh, hauled off to his death says, he didn't do it, he's not a thief, he's not a thief, he didn't steal, didn't steal, no. Strix just like pointedly looks at Diaz like, don't do it, don't, whatever you're thinking, don't do it. All right, update to the story. I may have been slightly off. (laughs) And he he cries out the name of the man being dragged to his doom, Draza, Draza. Oh, that's just real sad. Is is there a way we can walk around uh, executioners? Don't yeah, there. Are, you can. the The trench is in the middle of this wide, wide old dirt avenue, and you can basically walk on either side of it. And you'll see, depending on which side you go around on, just crowds of people lining the fence of the trench on that side, with occasional gaps between them where you can actually see. And some of the people watching are children, and some of them are adults. Yeah, do you think he actually did it? I mean, I know some other people who were accused yeah. of stealing when they didn't actually steal, and I'm just real concerned and, that maybe this person might... And, and D.F., you rolled high enough on your perception that you can hear that there are bets being taken on whether or not he will survive. And you understand, <laughs> based on the bets uh, and, the, and the, what they're saying, is that if he can get out of the trench on the other side, then he is free. And he he's good to go. Oh! Um, but he's got to get past the Velociraptors. Well, that seems like a fair thing. And he doesn't have any weapons. Oh. Um. Anyway, you see the Velociraptors. You sort of glimpse them down at the bottom of this of this ten uh, foot deep trench, making their way, as animals do, slowly up the trench, uh, understanding implicitly that they're. The meal time is about to come, and the, oh, and the man right now is being <laughs> sort of dropped in. Is about to be dropped into his end of the trench. I'm so are we now? So are we watching these from like farther up? So we're yeah, like, you're at the you're at the you're at the road level, mm-hmm. um, sort of walking along one side of this long football field length trench, which is only about twenty feet wide. Okay, so we're in like the observer yes. part and the raptors can't get to us. Correct, yeah. They, the raptors cannot get up the trench and over the fences. Cool, I'm just like throwing rocks at the raptors. Okay, uh, when, you <laughs> start to, when you start to do that, uh, you immediately people around you begin to protest and scream at you and say things like, you can't do that. That's illegal. But I, but I, but I did. I don't understand. <laughs> How far away is the is the trench with the raptors? It's as far away as you want it to be. Like I said, it is a oh. it is a twenty foot wide, two hundred foot long trench. 
All right. down the length of this road outside the city. And there are people gathering around it to watch to see whether this guy escapes. Palton, if you wanted to help, instead of throwing rocks at the dinosaurs, you could play a real nice song and maybe just inspire him and he could run real fast. Or inspire the dinosaurs, whichever. I don't know. Who said anything about helping? I'm just throwing rocks. Oh, okay. My mistake. Wait, should I be helping? Do we want to help? Who is this guy? I, I don't know. I, uh, you can see Umbril uh, kind of sneer at this whole escapade and just say, barbaric. Why barbaric? Why do you say barbaric? And then she just shouts at some of the people betting, you're all barbarians. Yeah. And one of them, uh, an old woman, shakes a, a finger at her, a leathery finger at her and says, don't you interfere. No more. I turn to um, Chumba, and I'm like, you said this is executioners done. What do they do here? I mean, is this, isn't this just the culture of the place? Like, shouldn't we just kind of let this play out? Close, doll lady. It's executioners bun. This is where they cook up and create <laughs> executioner situations, as I understand it. It's oh. leave these people to what entertainment they have. Oh, okay. Strix has walked away. Umbril will say, that is not correct, Chumba. <laughs> Do not play um, with your friends Chumba like this. Chumba nods as if what she just said is that it is correct. It is called executioner's <laughs> run because people have to run from one end to the other to gain their freedom. Criminals, they call them. Mm. Are you a criminal, Chumba? Not that I know of. No, and neither <laughs> is he, probably. Mm. So you're saying that they're all liars. I'm saying that I think that man is going to get eaten and he doesn't deserve it. I agree. I would like to dimension door into the pit. <gasps> when you appear, there's all kinds of startled reactions. Now, now that you're at the bottom of the pit, looking up 10 feet and then seeing the fences and all the people <laughs> gathered around, uh, as soon as you appear, they're all shocked. <gasps> because they've never seen such magic before. A doorway open and then this strange horned devil figure step out in their midst. For a second, I think that's really cool. I'm like, oh, wow. And then you realize you're in a pit with two velociraptors <laughs> who, when they see you're now there, begin charging in your direction. Although they're still like 100 feet away from you when they yeah. The is interrupting the race. <laughs> I want a silent image a velociraptor where I am. Another velociraptor. Can I also fly to where she is? Uh, yes, there's nothing stopping you from taking flight and basically hovering above her, but you'll have to put down your canoe probably unless you're going to use that as a weapon or something. I kind. hand the canoe to Chumba. <laughs> oh, so she just sort of dumps this big canoe on top of you, Chumba. Uh, Chumba, I'd like you to make a, let's make a strength athletics check. You're plus four sure. on your check. I rolled a nine. I want to do something. All right. As soon as she drops the canoe on you, it just, the full weight of it just sort of presses you down to the ground. You kind of try to hold it up, then your little arms give out, and the whole thing just falls on top of you. Excellent. You'll be safe under there. You're a muffled, like, I can't get out from under here. <laughs> <laughs> How far are the raptors from... Well, I'm still up there. Yeah. How far are they-ish? They, um... They're probably about 120 feet away from you, but getting closer by the second as they barrel down the trench towards Strix, who's in the midst of casting another spell. Since we're all doing things now, let's roll initiative. Yay! All right. 
Even me, Chris Perkins. Yeah, even you. Everyone in chat is like, they don't have a plan. I'm like, I always have a plan. I have a good plan, but it's a plan. All right, let's start with DF, 16? Yeah. 19. Oh, 19 for DF. Who got the 16? Me. Okay, Chumba got the 16. Strix? Uh, 13. Evelyn? 19. Paulton? 18. All right, and... Uh, Dragon Bait got a 16, and Umbral got a 12. All right, so Evelyn and DF, you're the first to react. Evelyn, I'm going to say, we'll go for you first. You fly, you drop the canoe, you fly over. That's a move action to get on top of Strix. Is there anything else you want to do? You can yes. see Strix is getting ready to cast what appears to be her one of her favorite spells, Silent Image. I hover above Strix, and then I cast Speak with Animals, which should allow me to communicate with beasts, which dinosaurs mm-hmm. should qualify as this time, Chris Perkins. <laughs> I'm not checking that. I'm just checking the range of the spell. <laughs> All I right. can't believe uh, we're going to talk to the dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah, you cast the spell on you, so that's great. Okay, so um, range is not an issue. And it's only one action. So, yeah, now you can talk to the animals. I cast it on myself, and then I'm like, excuse me, but could, could you please hold on for a second before you eat my friend? Just a sec. I stand in front of her, actually, instead of hovering above her. I just go like this. Hold on just a second, new friends. Okay. Uh, they will continue. Are you doing the Jurassic World thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, they're still about 100 feet away. Um, and Oh, I forgot to roll initiative for them. Oh, they're pretty high. Uh, and so you don't exactly know if you've had a reaction on that with them yet, but I'll let you know if their demeanor changes. And DF, what do you do when suddenly you see Evelyn alight and then cast a little spell and then just start speaking to the Velociraptors? And then go, and- uh, I'll go. I'll go to the canoe that she that was dropped on top of the goblin. Yeah, and lift it up so he can scurry huh? out from underneath. That he can do. Okay, and then I'll put the canoe back down, and then Diaz will just kind of like sit up against it with like his knees kind of like tucked up to his chest, mm-hmm. and just sit there. Okay, very good. Uh, Paulton, what would you like to do? I would like to. You see, Velociraptors racing toward Evelyn and Strix, and Evelyn's talking to them and making Velociraptor noises. Like, oh, this is weird. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... How far away are they from uh, Evelyn and all them? 100 feet. 100 feet? Yeah, and it looks like based on how fast they move, uh, on their next turn, they'll close that distance to about 40 feet. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dimension door down there. Another door opens, and Paulton, Paulton emerges. I looked or look around to see if everyone's like just as wowed. Uh, yeah, they're like the first one was like a big woo. The second one's like a big ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, What's up, and then that same old woman, she's shouting, "Cheaters! Cheaters! Cheaters!" Okay, the lady from Princess Bride needs to go. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! Boo! All right, and 
Uh, Paulton, you can talk or move if you want. You've just used an action up to that point. I'm going to... I walk out of the door. I'm just like, cool. <laughs> Shit, what was I going to do down oh, here? Oh, dear. Yeah, okay. Come back um, to me. All right, the velociraptors go next, and they do indeed just barrel down the trench, and now they are 40 feet away from Paulton and Evelyn and Strix uh, at the end of their move. Uh, that man who has dropped down the trench, uh, you can see he's just staying at the back of the trench now that he's got intermediaries. He's just sort of cowering down there and waiting to see what happens. And it is Chumba's turn. Chumba is currently doing battle with the canoe. As I uh, well, Diaz lifted the canoe off of him, you. so oh, yeah. you're good. Um, Chumba is honor-bound to engage, so he's going to rip his shimitar or scimitar, however you say that. Is it scimitar or shimitar? Scimitar. Scimitar. Yeah. Is scimitar then? Yeah, he's scimitar. that out of his sca- scabbard All right. and enter into the fray. Uh, so he's going to basically go into the trench and just jump down into it? Oh, yeah, he's going to do a somersault probably. All right. Um, just make a athletics check to shimmy down into the trench safely. It's a plus four on your d20 roll. I rolled 16. You're good. All right, so you uh, slip through the fence, the gaps in the fence, you shimmy down, uh, do a little tumble, and now you're in the dusty ground of the trench. You've been here before, Mm. um, and you see there's like little bits of entrails and things in the sand um, that you remember, Uh, some body parts that weren't cleaned up from the last run, things like that. But yeah, there are two velociraptors. it took you about 20 feet to get down into the trench of your 30 feet of movement. So you got about 10 feet left if you want to run ahead of the others. Does it look like any of the parties in peril? They unclear. Um, want, it looks like it looks like the doll woman is talking to the velociraptors, okay. and the velociraptors uh, look hungry, like they haven't eaten in a day. Yeah. So. Well, I'm intelligence five, you guys, so I understand this is an incredibly <laughs> dangerous situation. I'm going to run forward in <laughs> my in striking distance. Uh, you will not, you could be, you could run right up to them, but you wouldn't be able to attack. Or you could move the rest of your 10 feet and just stand your ground and wait for them to come to you. Ooh, such good options. Uh, <laughs> no, I, if the group's not going forward, I'm going to look, I'm going to pull out my sword. Yeah. And be ready to go, but I'm not gonna. Okay, you're not gonna go pell mell okay, into the, even the first option. I'm into the jaws of death. Although you feel better now having a weapon. Last time you were down here, they didn't give you anything. Yeah. Ah. I mumbled to myself that it, I knew I'd end up back here. <laughs> All right, uh, dragon bait. Ooh, what can he do? Well, he's oh, definitely he's not going to leave his friends down there. Uh, so. He will follow the goblin and uh, throw himself up over the fence, make a check to try to... Yes, he lands safely at the bottom of the pit, and he draws forth his big sword, ready to hack anything that gets close. And actually, he's going to sort of loom over you, Chumba, uh, to your defense, because it looks like you are probably the one least equipped to fend off to velociraptors on your own. Do I smell anything? Uh, Yes, you do. And so does Strix, and so does Paulton, but Evelyn does not. Uh, you smell um, 
violets, like the flower. Ooh. Thick scent of violets. Huh. Feeling nice. comforted by the, the uh, safe <clears throat> dragon bait, I kind of look yeah. over my shoulder, give him a nod, and say, if you could make it smell of ham again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he just shakes his head. And his, yeah. his jaw is tight, and he's, his, his brow furrows like he's ready for business. And uh, then we drop to Strix. You have a spell that you're in the midst of casting, Strix? Uh, yes. I was going to... Silent image. Make a silent image, preferably in front of mm-hmm. uh, myself. And Evelyn's in front of me, correct? On one side? Yes. And then Paulton is on the other side? Yes. All right, I'm going to put this silent image in front of Paulton. Okay. And All right. it's just, it's going to be of another scarier... Velociraptor. All right. So a scary Velociraptor appears before you, Paulton, but you're aware that Strix created it because you've seen her do this many, many times, uh, use this spell for various and sundry reasons. So, yeah, and it just sort of silently stands in front of you, this Velociraptor. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Does it then appear that my voice is coming out of the Velociraptor? No. Okay. But it's still coming out of you. <laughs> well, if it's in front of me, maybe they think that that Velociraptor is talking to them. The, uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, Strix can make its mouth move really, like, a puppety, like, <laughs> You could, yeah. All right, so Strix is doing that. Yeah, uh, You see Umbral up there. Uh, she pulls out a sack, puts it over the old lady's head, and just drags her away by it. <laughs> All right. She's taking the hecklers out of the crowd. That's like right. <laughs> she drags the heckler off. Uh, but that doesn't stop uh, a number of individuals uh, around the fence. Some of them are cheering because they love the, so the spectacle and marvel of this. This isn't what they were expecting at all. This is great. But a few of the, di- the, the older set, the, the die-in-the-wool vengeance seekers who want to see these criminals put to justice, you know, uh, they start throwing rocks at you. So... Uh, Paulton, uh, a rock comes in your direction but doesn't come anywhere close to hitting you. Uh, one of them would have struck the illusory uh, Velociraptor but just sort of passes harmlessly right through it. Uh, Dragon Bait uh, actually I gets... I didn't know you are going to get the best sniper in the game! <laughs> Dragon Bait... Dragon Bait is uh, beamed by a rock. He's hit on the head um, but doesn't seem phased by it at all. He just sort of... And then Chumba, uh, a rock comes for you, uh, but also misses. And then Evelyn, um, another miss. And then Strix, you're the last one to be targeted by a rock. Uh, and that's also a miss. Yay. So a bunch of missed rocks from a bunch of shitty throwers. And then uh, we come to... You guys the... can hear my computer, sorry. Right. <laughs> I don't use Zoom ever, so that'll never happen again. But we, just, we just thought it was part of the dinosaur fight. Yeah, <laughs> like, nobody said anything. I listened to like three seconds of that video. Like, Evelyn? I just, I just assumed that that was like the person throwing the rock. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, I like it. Uh, Evelyn, your turn comes up again, and you're still talking to these creatures. They're much closer now, and uh, they do seem to acknowledge you. Um, they and can't talk they back, stop? but uh, they, they, they do kind of, they, they do slow down. They slow their pace and are now just sort of walking toward you. 
I'm like, that's great. We're all going to be such good friends. Now, that's, that's what the dinosaurs are. That's great. Now, what are your names, new friends? <laughs> Uh, they tell you uh, with just shrieks, really, uh, that they don't have names, uh, that they acknowledge, anyway. Oh, well, I'll call you Special and Sweetheart. Oh, wow. (laughs) The the two velociraptors sort of look at each other, and then they look back to you. I think we're all going to be great friends. If you could just uh, Tell them there's food. (laughs) There's there might be food. And I'm, I, don't I guess know. I assume you're sort of like fluttering slowly closer to them in a sort of very kind of non-threatening way. Do yeah, do they I mean they see that it's me, they don't yeah, think it's the they, other dinosaur. No, they sort of look at the other dinosaur and they kind of <laughs> sniff it a little bit, um, and it's just sort of yammering silently, but they're not quite convinced that it's one of them. They don't recognize it from the Velociraptor you know, college where they went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they don't recognize them from Velociraptor school, so it must be a, some sort of strange creature. I asked them what they want. I'm like, how are, you, how are you doing today? Are they treating you well here? You find out that they have been not fed for the past day, star- <gasps> starved practically. They are famished. They have been mistreated woefully, and that they came here to eat what could be their last meal. That's Aww. horrible. Would you like to come live with us instead? Yeah. They, they, they ask you if you have food. I mean, we could go get some. And they, what do you they, like to eat? They, they look hungrily at the rest of your party. No, you can't eat those. Why not? They uh, say. Those are and this whole this whole conversation is just like. We're poison. <laughs> 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 Those are also my friends, and if you eat them, then I'd have to fight you, and I don't want to fight you because we're friends. They say, when they're shrieks, they say they're friends with you. Yeah. And those are my friends, mm. too. So we're Tell all them friends. I have money. Mm. Also, he has money? Mm. <laughs> I can buy good food. Mm. Hmm. Well, do you understand that if you try to eat those people, I'm going to have to, like, chop off your heads? They don't like that. I mean, I don't want to, but that's just Strix cause and like, effect. Strix is like, tell them there's way more food outside of this pit. There's a whole audience full of people. Did <laughs> Evelyn starts to tell them that, and then is like, wait, no, what? No. <laughs> um, you can see at this point, the, the you've you've basically talked the Velociraptors into not advancing toward you. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, as the spell says, they can provide any information that they know, which isn't a hell of a lot. They pretty much mm-hmm. told you their life story. Uh, yeah. Um, but it doesn't really alter their fundamental demeanor as creatures, so mm. they're not reliable companions in your mind. Well, I tell them one last thing. Just don't eat these, and I'll get you other food. Do eat these, and I will kill you. I'm sorry. All right. Uh they will kind of wander off and just sort of circle around waiting to receive something. Okay. Occasionally looking back at you, waiting. I, can I, do I have an action still? Yeah. You can can I go get one of the carcasses and bring it back to them? 
Oh, um, yeah, they're, they're sort of a little ways back, but if you want to just flutter off, that's fine. You guys, are you going to tell your friends what you're doing? So it doesn't look uh, can like I, Can I make it there and back in one turn or no? No. Are there any other dead things around? Um, not really, no. Okay. I say, going to get you food, hold on. And they I tell my friends. Gonna, don't know, they're not going to believe that. <laughs> so don't leave. How about I go get the, I'll go get the food. You stay okay, here. Okay, go get one I of those carcasses. Get food. All right. Don't get, a, don't get an audience member. So Strix, <laughs> you fly up in your uh, thing, your broom thing. Uh, you take out a knife or whatever. You, you cut loose one of the carcasses and you basically haul it back. Great. This and, that probably looks great. Yeah, you drop this <laughs> rotting fly-infested carcass down on the ground, and the Velociraptors aren't picky. They just start tearing at it. Great. Time to leave. Time. And, my uh, hands are gross. While this is going on, you see that man, that that accused criminal who was thrown down in the pit. He sort of inched his way along the walls, and with the Velociraptors distracted, and he's up against the wall. He's just trying to make it to the other end of the trench. I would let him go. I mean, this, we don't want you to die. Also, this we just wanted to feed Velociraptors. We had nothing to do yes. with your sentence. And he just sort of he just sort of mouths to you as he inches his way past. And then once he's about thirty feet clear of the Velociraptors, he just bolts as fast as his feet can carry him. He's in bare feet and he just runs across the sand as far as he go. And the two Velociraptors, they take notice and they both sort of look up toward him and make moves to run after him. No, nope. No, oh, come on, no. uh, Evelyn, I would like you to make a persuasion check to try to keep them from succumbing to their predatory natures. Oh, you're muted, Anna. You're muted. I was saying all sorts of cool things. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so just trust me, they were cool, and I got a 26. All right, uh, you're able to hold their attention uh, long enough that they forget about the darting figure running away from them. I tell them a cool story about Lathander, the Morning Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, mute, the muted is what Strix heard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the, the man makes it to the end, and there's some cheers and also some boos. And uh, you see, as he was running toward the end, he does uh, get pelted by some rocks um, from people who don't think that this is justice served. Uh, one of the rocks actually hits, hits him so hard that he goes down and he's like bleeding profusely from his head, but oh. he gets back up and makes it the rest of the way. Poor dude. And then once he gets to the end, he's like grasping on and some people grab him by the arms and pull him up. And then the people who were throwing rocks at him and feeling like justice wasn't served, their boos are sort of drowned out by cheers from his friends and other people who know him or have known him his whole life who are grateful that he made it to the end of the executioner's run. And it's at that point where you all hear a loud horn. <laughs> just sort of echo over the entire city, followed by a distant gonging. Bong, 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 bong. And this is, it sounds like it's coming from the way, the other end of Port Nyanzaru, but as soon as the horn sounds and the gonging sounds, 
the whole tenor around this plaza with executioners run changes and people um, begin to panic and run for the gates of the I'm city. I'm sure that's fine. Time to go! Why are we all leaving so fast? I try to ask someone. Uh, you're down in the, well, you're kind of down in the pit right now, so. I asked Chumba. Why is everyone leaving so fast? Chumba has no idea. <laughs> um, but Umbril, um, who is up there, knows, and, but she's not, she's not down with you, and Dragonbait knows, but he ain't talking. Uh, the rest of you can smell the, the violets give way to ham. Oh, You smell no. ham. Can I get up on my broom and zoom out of the... You uh, easily can zoom out of the trench. All right. Yeah. I was going to take a take a perimeter look around. And as also you make sure as you go up high, you can see yes, people are climbing out of their residences, Simon. and thank basically, you, they're, thank you by the way too. Sorry, they're grabbing uh, baskets of belongings and basically anything they can carry, and are very quickly making their way into the gates. And you can see there are now more guards on the wall, basically doing this, telling people get inside, get inside, get inside. Oh, uh, um, we should get inside. I'm just gonna yell down. Um, okay, but Strix nearby Umbral during all of this. Does like she mention anything or notice? So anything? Umbral comes back from having dragged that old woman off and giving her a stern talking to. <laughs> uh, when she comes back, she shouts down, "Undead must be the attacking the other side of the city. They're pulling everyone in as a precaution." Oh. Should we keep going or should we go inside? Uh, when you do that, uh, she says, I don't know. Oh, great. But uh, You're you a see. Guide. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Dragon Bait kind of looks around, uh, the smell of ham oozing from his pores, and uh, it changes. To it seems to be mixed with the smell of brimstone, and mm. then uh, it changes to violets. Like he's just going through all these emotions through scent, and then he takes his sword and he points it off in a direction not toward the city. I mean, as he does that, kind of yelling over the clamor, searching for meaning in my eyes, I just look at him and say. Switch it back to ham. That is by far the best. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it on ham. He looks at you and his face sort of contorts and then he like thinks about it and then he, he kind of lets this worried expression appear on his face and then suddenly you start to smell the ham come out again. <laughs> uh, and uh, he kind of grabs you by your sort of gear and your scruff and sort of drags you um, to the edge of the trench so that he can boost you up, Chumba. So you I completely go along with it. For one of the first times in a long time, I'm very right. He grabs you, he pushes you up so that you can sort of reach up and grab the fence posts and pull yourself up out of the trench. Okay. Um, and then he's going to try to climb out of the trench himself. And he's, I'll reach down and try to help him. Okay, uh, so <laughs> he has, uh, your, he, you aid him, he gets advantage on the check, and yes, you are able to help pull him up out of the trench. And he's, when you pull him up, he kind of looks at you with some surprise, like he didn't expect your small little corded body to have that much strength in it. Um, and I don't notice it, Chris, because I'm actually using this opportunity to lean in and smell him even closer. 
guys is helping him out. Okay. What are the rest of you doing as people are withdrawing into the city? Strix, from your height, you don't see any indications of imminent danger in this. But, you know, Port Nianzaru is a sprawling place, and there are hills separating this end of the city from the other end of the city, so you can't even see if there's any danger at all. Right. Well, if I see dragon bait pointing the sword, I'll just kind of circle down and just, you know, make sure that that Waffles and Dieth and everyone are fine and just be like, all right, good canoes into the woods or I, whatever. I promised so, them food. You were supposed to bring back a carcass. We did. I did. That's why I didn't, they were eating it, remember? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened. Okay. <laughs> My bad. She's just like, your robot brain. <laughs> I was distracted by all the, the whirring. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, once he's up topside and out of the trench, Dragon Bait starts to move in the opposite direction from the hordes of people running through the gate. And people just sort of blow past him as he cuts a path through the crowd, um, probably got Chumba following close behind him, uh, leaving Port Nianzaru and heading toward the edge of this shantytown, toward the wilderness. All right, well, I'm assuming that we're following, so... Well, Paulton um, is still down in the trench. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, I'm, so I see with the feasting, leaving. With the feasting velociraptors, uh, everybody is vacating, yes. Oh, cool. So I'm just like, oh, I, I, guess, it's, uh, I guess it's time to go. So I, uh, and correct me if I can't do it this way, but I take out my mandolin, mm-hmm. I start playing. Yep. And I'm going to use it to cast fly on myself. Yes. And I fly out. All right. Oh! Wait, you can fly? Yes, like, you what? can. Sorry, I I didn't mention that. Yeah, I can like fly now. It's pretty. The first we've seen this. Yeah, you see him play his instrument, and then he just lifts off like Peter Pan. Can I be riding the mandolin like it's my own? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can after you've like once you play it to cast the spell, and you don't need to play anymore. You can basically just tuck it between your legs and float up. I'm so upset right now. I I don't like this. I don't like this magic rivalry going on here. This is the best Paul the music video. I don't like this. I'm flying around like, look at me. I'm so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So upset. Evelyn's like flying around too, being like, look, DF, all of us can fly now. (laughs) Yeah, DF, we can all fly. How great is that? (laughs) Can I I polymorph DF into a a vulture? Uh, You can. Would DF like to resist? (laughs) Yeah, why are you turning me into a vulture? So you can fly. No, we got more things to worry about. Oh, everyone is having a nice time. Plus, flying is faster. So, as I'm flying, it's too much motion for my drunk self, and I, like, throw up on the <laughs> It's like, oh, sorry, dude. Fine, if you don't want to be polymorphed, it's fine. Flying is just faster, and now... How are we, obviously... the... How are we supposed to bring canoes? Rough. I don't think about that. Just having a good time. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting the canoe. Calm down. I go get a canoe. Uh, <laughs> uh, um... So Evelyn's sort of got hers. Uh, DF, are you going to help Umbril pick up the second one? Yeah. Okay. She's so doing like all the heavy lifting. I'm just stabilizing. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, you've just got the, sort of the end of it. Just yeah, yeah. Walking from behind, just hold, holding the tail of the canoe. All right, and uh, you begin to leave, and the crowd becomes thinner and thinner and thinner until there's nobody around you. You're just walking through the end of this shantytown, and it just falls into more and more dilapidated ruins until the ruins become engulfed with plants and ivy and vines. And then sort of off 
tucked a little bit back in behind the trees outside of this shanty town is something that you recognize, Chumba, is one of the city's great garbage pits. That's where you got nabbed. And uh, uh, it doesn't look like Dragon Bait's headed toward anywhere near the garbage pit, but is sort of veering around it. I'm with him, right? Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of trailblazing now. He's he's in the front of the group, leading leading them. Umbril and uh, Death are behind you, carrying one canoe. Evelyn is managing another canoe by herself. She sort of got her balance and equilibrium sorted out. And then Waffles is just sort of galumphing behind her. This big giant owlbear. Where's Simon? That's a good question. Um, Fly works on one creature and one creature alone, Paulton, so Simon is still on the ground looking up going... (laughs) (laughs) Silently saying, huh, to himself. (laughs) 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 Is Paulton's actual reaction. (laughs) 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 And then you start to see Simon just sort of run after you with his hands up in the air. Aww. Oh no, so, my son. <laughs> um, he's not like light enough to carry on my shoulders, is he? Uh, he's technically a separate creature, so um, you, you okay. would, the, the spell would cease to work. He's, is he in the ditch? No, he's running around the uh, I'll just grab him. I'll grab him and put him on top of the canoe I'm carrying. Okay, you'll have to set the canoe down and then have him climb on the canoe and then you can lift the canoe back up again. That's fine. All I right. tell him encouraging things like, oh, we're going to go for a ride. Is, isn't this going to be fun? Yeah, it, started, it, it seemed that way and then you start to sort of trot along and he's like grab, trying to hold on to the top of this <laughs> canoe and it's moving like this and he's just not having a good time. I'm like, isn't this fun, Simon? Uh, yeah, at that point he, he jumps off the canoe. You just sort of hear him walk off the end of your canoe and then... <laughs> He goes over to Waffles, stands in front of Waffles, <laughs> <laughs> and then grabs her by the fur and just sort of pulls himself up onto her. Self-sufficient. Yes. Yes. He's probably used to doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, have a, they have a boy, system. Simon. They have a system, which they've used for 50 years. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so he's now riding on Waffles as you go galumphing off into the wilderness. And uh, the trees, as you enter them, are, a number of them look like they were cleared away long ago, so a lot of this growth is now only maybe 30, 40 years old, Um, and so the trees aren't horrendously big, but pretty quickly as you sink into the jungle, things become more dense, and uh, Dragonbait has to basically use his sword to carve a path big enough so that your canoes don't get caught on stuff as you make your way through. I'm impressed with that when I see him doing it. Okay. You're like down there low, just being like. Ping, ping, ping. <laughs> well, actually, um, Trumbo's got a good-sized scimitar, so when he's uh, whirling that thing around, he's 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 cutting down some low branches, and a dragon bait's just sort of swishing the branches ahead of him. Um, Can I just up. like fireball in front of us? No. <laughs> <laughs> As a Californian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, you can, but you don't know what, you know. No, no, it's fine. Dia, I, like, think Dia's about like, it. no. I, like, start to do it, and, like, I get stopped by everyone. I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're right. All and right. I'll just, like, start picking off branches. Yep. 
And uh, for the rest, uh, for several hours, you hack and cut your way through the underbrush. Um, so while, as we're doing all of this, Diaz has got his uh, map making stuff and is trying to make a crude uh, map along the way. Oh, very good, okay. So DF is the self-elected mapper. That's good to have. And uh, and you were told DF that a valuable map is is mm-hmm. a map is definitely worth something. Sure is. And <laughs> uh, after a couple, so you're far enough away from the city now that you can't hear much commotion from back there. And the loud horns and stuff have stopped. And I need everybody to make perception checks. Uh, six. It's a seven. Seventeen. Seventeen. Ten. Ten. Also ten. Okay. I was just about to say, this die has been pretty lucky so far. Oh. It's not that bad. After about an hour, let's say two hours of hacking through, um, Dragonbait has kind of led you to the edge of land. You see that you are at the tops of cliffs overlooking a great misty bay. And there's thick jungle almost going right up to the cliff's edge. Uh, so when you sort of come out, you're kind of surprised when everything sort of opens up in front of you and all on one side of you is this sort of open air with cliffs tumbling down to rocks and this great expanse of water. And a dragon bait begins to move along the tops of the cliffs where the, the verge is a little thinner. And it's at that point, Diaz, that you, you get that feeling of being watched that you're so accustomed to, danger sense, tingling, and... But Chris, I always have that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, though, you're, you're so distracted by sense of ham <laughs> and, other, <laughs> and other aromas that seem to be issuing from this, drag, this dinosaur man. Uh, yeah, right. Too distracted to pay attention to the fact that great danger is following you or has been following you through the forest, D.F. The scent that comes up behind you is one of death. Oh, I smell death. You smell death. And, and dragon bait is ahead of me. He is. He is uh, ahead of you. Yes, still trailblazing. Uh oh. And then you hear like snapping twigs and other sounds, rustling sounds, to suggest that creatures have picked up on your scent and have followed you and closed the distance now to the extent that you can smell the odor of death coming off of them. I don't smell anything. I think we're just fine. Cool. Uh, when, you, when you look back into the dark jungle that you've just emerged from, the hacked path that you've been following, you can see it there. It's dark. Like you don't, re- you can't realize just how dark you were in there for a while. But you don't see anything, but you know there's something there. Uh, I immediately alert the party. Just that uh, something approaches. We're being followed. It smells of death. Right. Uh, so, like everyone, like instant uh, ready mode, weapons out. Okay. Uh, because I'm gonna of, go out on a limb and say I think that might be some undead. Canoes down. Given Diaz's vigilance, none of you are surprised when suddenly you see gray-skinned ghouls, for lack of a better word, 
just oh, suddenly yeah. begin to pile out of the forest like they've been tracking you and uh, come at you in a wave of claws and teeth. I'd oh, like no. everybody Guys, I'm spooked. I'd like everybody to roll initiative again. Twice? <laughs> Twice? <laughs> I'm natural 20. Ah, nat 20 for me, two twins! Ooh, okay. Aww. Aww. Isn't that romantic? <laughs> so what does that, so, uh, what does that actually mean for you guys? Uh, 22. So 22 for oh. Evelyn. What do I add to it? Uh, your dexterity modifier, which is plus two, so 22. So 22 for Chumba and Evelyn Strix. Uh, 11. 11. Diath. Nine. Paulton. Jeez. I pointed at the ghouls and tripped. I'm just like, God, I I fall and I rolled a five. Five. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna assume Simon happens on your turn. Okay, Umbril rolls a two. Uh Uh-oh. All right, and the ghouls. The ghouls are sort of, they're not slow, but they're sort of clamoring out of the jungle foliage, and so they have a ways to go to get to you. They're about 30 feet away when they pile out from the darkness, and you can count 10 of them. And these ghouls... I say, stay close to me! I'll protect you! They look like emaciated men and women, humans, from... They were made out of humans, uh, but their pallid gray skin is tight around their bones, and their limbs seem to be almost artificially elongated. Like, you, they, they clearly, as humans, did not have fingers that long, or arms that long, or legs that long, or tongues that long. And you see just hate for life burning in their eyes. And on some of them, they have what appear to be tattooed on their shrivelly foreheads, green, or sorry, blue triangles. Like that's some sort of symbol or glyph or something. And as they pile out toward you, Chumba, what do you do with these ten ghouls coming at you in a pack? Um, are they, how, I mean, I'm sorry, how close are they? They're 30 feet away. Oh, and wow. you're, you're, when you turn to them, your back is at the cliffs. Okay. Chumba feels like he has an idea of what has to happen, but he looks towards uh, Dragon Bait. Who is a little too slow to respond. Dragon Bait was kind of ahead of you, um, test, checking the ground to make sure it was safe to walk on uh, when all of this happened, so he's just sort of turning, going, whoa. Okay. Um, he looks back towards the ghouls. Yep. Says, Ham. I know what that means. Ham. Sword. All right. At the, you, can I, get, you, could get to, you could get to the nearest ghoul and attack one. Yeah, I got five foot reach. I'll do it. All right. Then make an attack roll. Your scimitar bonus, your plus four to hit. And remember, uh, this, th- since these creatures are man-sized, they're medium, they're larger than you, you can use your Fury of the Small ability if you want. Let's do it. But you, don't, you don't. I roll a natural 20. What? Wow. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So you will do... You roll 2d6 instead of 1d6 on your damage, and you'll add four, and if you want to use your Fury of the Small, you'll add another two on top of that. Fury of the Small sounds adorable. That's adorable. <laughs> 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 I'm again, guys. Always use your Fury of the Small. Yeah. All right, so 2d6 uh, plus six. A seven plus six, then. So 13, and plus two is 15. Ow. All right. Nice. 
Respect. Yeah, so the little goblin goes up and just um, digs deep into the lead ghoul. And that ghoul is still alive, but very, very hurt. As our new little friend charges in, I just yell from the back. I'm like, yeah, fuck him up! (laughs) (laughs) Evelyn, acting simultaneously to Chumba. What do you do? Yes. I'm like... Ooh, this is gonna feel good. And I kind of shake out Treebane. Mm-hmm. I get I get Divine Smite ready. Undead. I, yeah, it's gonna feel good. And I just go, I go in for the closest one. Just All right. Treebane. In before two misses. <laughs> okay. Jared? <laughs> the, the closest one is the one that uh, Chumba just dug deep into. So you wanna try to finish that one off? No, let him have that one. Okay. I'll go for the next one. All right. Go on, make your attack. 17. That is a hit. Huzzah. And I am going to use Divine Smite to expend a spell slot to do an extra 2d8 per spell level damage, radiant damage, plus an extra one because it's an undead. Okay. So my original damage is... Where's my D8 in this set? Do, do, do. Okay, so first we do huh, 8 plus 4 is 12. Oh, okay. And then we're expending a spell slot to do 1. Okay. okay 13. <laughs> per spell level, I'm just doing it as a first level, so okay. I guess we'll just do the 1. And then the extra 1D8, because it's undead, is yep. 7. So, 20. okay. 20. Or 21 or something? All right. I don't know. I so forgot where I was. That's 20, that's 20 points of damage. <laughs> okay. All right, so Thanks, that Eddie. one, too, is also grievously hurt. Aha! By the light of Luthander, I compel you! All right, and then it is... Wow, you Oh, wait, really I get well. a second one. Oh, yes, you do. Guess who remembers? <laughs> <laughs> what, episode, uh, 60, episode 64? <laughs> hey. <laughs> that was, that's only an 11, though. Uh, that does not hit. Well, Evelyn was so excited about right. calling down the light of Lathander that she swung a little wide on she that last did. one. She did. All right, then. Uh, next up is Dragonbait. All right. Uh, he, again, he has a sword out already. He is going to go striding forth bravely. His uh, ham smell mm. changes sure. to, uh, let's say... What would be work best here? Lemon. As he brings his sword up and uh, comes up over Chumba's head and tries to finish off Chumba's ghoul. We move in an acrobatic, beautiful, just yep. dance. All right. Um, take average damage here. He decapitates the ghoul, and as the sword cuts through the ghoul's flesh, there is an explosion of radiant energy. <gasps> And the ghoul, it shrieks as its head is detached from its body, and as its head is still flying up in the air, that radiant energy just sort of blows it all apart into ashes. And uh, the ghoul's body also just uh, crashes down into ashes. And then uh, for his second attack, he'll swing at yours, Evelyn. And um, the same thing happens. He decapitates that ghoul, and it explodes with radiant light and turns to burnt ashes with a scream. The morning lord is with us! 
And uh, so those two ghouls are dead, and Dragonbait is done, and it's Strix's turn. There are eight ghouls left in a pack, <laughs> Strix. I don't like them. Uh, I'm going to cast Careful Spell Fireball, fifth level. Boom. Ah, get away! No! All right, fire explodes around uh, Dragonbait and Evelyn and Chumba. Chumba, this roar of green flame just blows up all around you, yes. and you think you're just about to get incinerated by it when it just sort of wraps around you harmlessly. Mm. My last thought was of ham. Ham. Not lemon. Yeah. Still the ham. Okay. So you're rolling damage tricks, and your save DC is, I'm sorry, 15? 16. 16, all right. Yeah, and that was a 38. Okay. Then I got a bunch of saving throws here, and... Their dexterity, plus two. And after that, I would like to misty step someplace where they cannot reach me. <laughs> okay. So, uh, four of the eight are incinerated by your flames and oh. destroyed completely. Yay! Uh, the others, the four that remain, are all badly, badly burnt. Their gray skin is now just black. Um, Sorry. And... Uh, your fireball also just sort of incinerates some of the plants around them, and you can see little stray flames here, there, and everywhere after the fireball abates, little fires all around. I'm really hoping I got a couple of those tree frogs, too, because they sound like bad news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and Dieth, you're up. Now, I cannot sneak attack undead, correct? You sure can. I can? Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Good. So I'm going to take out Gutter. Okay. Uh, but I'll find, uh, is there any still engaged in melee with Evelyn, Chumba, or Dragonbait? Uh, not yet, no. No, they all got they are, Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'll take, I'm going to take Gutter up to one that was absolutely incinerated mm -hmm. by Strix and try to finish that off. All right. I realize they're un, undead, so as I'm like attacking with this, I like kind of mentally say to myself slash Gutter, good. You drink nothing this day. <laughs> now let's attack it. Just a normal attack. Uh, 22. You hit. Gutter right. says, there's always tomorrow, DF. <laughs> Nine. Nine damage. Nine damage. You kill it. All right. <laughs> and it falls lifeless onto the ground. All right. That's it for me. All right. And then it's Paulton's turn. So I go, I go up. And oh, by the way, Paulton, in the time that has elapsed since you last cast the fly spell, your fly spell would have ended because it's a 10 minute effect. So you're back down on your feet. Sure. Yep. So I think to myself, I like by some kind of outside force that totally is not metagaming whatsoever, whatever that means in this universe, I somehow just remembered that I have the sun sword. You sure do. <laughs> Guess like, who has oh. a Twitch account now and can see chat? <laughs> like, <laughs> weird. Oh, well, at least I didn't even need it until now so people can stop yelling at me, not that they are. And I'm going to use a sun sword. All right, you draw the hilt of a sword out, and uh, it ignites with a radiant blade. Evelyn yeah. sees this, and she's like, oh! oh. Strix okay. is like, oh, it's so bright. Oh. Yep, all right. So now you can make, you can charge up and make a melee attack with that. Uh, remember, the Sun Sword gives you a plus two bonus to hit, and yeah. you'll do an extra D8 damage radiant to this undead if you hit. 
Cool, cool. Uh, so for rolling, do I add my strength or you? You do. So um, your God, it's been so long since you actually used a sword. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so looking at your character sheet here, um, it doesn't have your attack bonus. Uh, so your proficiency bonus is plus five. Your strength is two uh, plus two, so that's plus seven. Sword gives you plus nine to hit. So roll okay, a d20 cool. and add nine. Cool. Uh, you said D20 plus 9, yeah? That's correct, yeah. That would be a 22. Okay. Uh, are you using one hand or two hands? Because you deal more damage with the weapon if you use both. I'm, I'm going to use both, Chris right. Perkins. You hit. <laughs> In that case, you do a D10 plus 2 plus cool, cool. a D8 on top of it all. Okay, cool. Good. This is the later part of the Fulton music video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. After flying on the mandolin. Yeah, and then just... There's <laughs> <laughs> so sparks everywhere. That yeah. totals to... Th- 13. Okay, yeah, you totally fuck it up. You, Your blade goes clean through it like a lightsaber blade and shears it in half, and it just collapses into ash all around you. Um, I'm just like, man, this thing's cool. Yeah, it is. I should use it more often. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, there are two more ghouls left. It is their turn. They go ahead of Umbril. Does Simon get to shoot a dart, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he will, he will shoot a dart, although undead. Mm, he doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, he'll take a shot. Uh, he hits a ghoul, so that's going to do a d4. Uh, all right, so a ghoul gets stuck in the eye. <laughs> With the dart, yeah, <laughs> uh, but doesn't take any of the poison damage because it's immune, and so now it's alive, but it's got a dart sticking out of one eye. And now the dart like moves around with yeah. the ghoul's eyeball. That's right. Yeah, it does. Good job, son. Yeah, it's, it moves around the ghoul's eyeball as it leaps at Paulton. Uh, so Paulton, first thing it's going to try to do, actually, the only thing it's going to try to do is claw you. Cool. Uh, and it rolled a twelve to hit, which is not enough. Yeah. So you def- you dodge out of the way of that. Yeah. Uh, the other ghoul is going to go after Diath. And Diath, it rolled a 20 to hit. Uncanny dodge! All right, so it slashes you. For a total of, uh, let's see, that would be seven slashing damage reduced to three by your uncanny dodge. And since you are not an elf or undead, I need you to make a constitution saving uh-huh. throw. <laughs> yeah. I sure do. Huh. Six. Okay. Uh, DF, you suddenly become paralyzed and go rigid and just kind of fall over. Uh, probably still clutching gutter in your hand. Um, yeah, but the rest of you just see him go absolutely rigid and, and fall. And then... Uh, just look very exasperated, like... <laughs> and uh, let's see, Umbril, what's she gonna do? Can I uh, can I uh, point out using the Andean initiative to let Waffles sick them? Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I don't want to forget about Waffles. Sick em. Yeah, she's a killing machine. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, Umbril is just going to cast a Sacred Flame which will fly down from the heavens and attempt to strike one of the ghouls. And does. She beams it. And as soon as this sacred flame uh, strikes the ghoul and hits, it just blows apart and is destroyed. 
Nice. Leaving Waffles to charge the last one. The last oh, one is like le- leering over Diath, having just felled him, and as it's got it twitching its little claws and salivating with its burnt, all the flesh burnt off its face, uh, suddenly this hulking mass of fur <laughs> uh, lunges at it out of nowhere, um, and will make a bite attack. Waffles is gonna save Diath. Do, 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 do. Has some seared bone <laughs> waffles. It's tasty. Uh, gonna miss the owlbear with the beak and hit the owlbear with its claws. And with average damage, Waffles just rends this thing to pieces and then just snarls. <laughs> and bits of ghoul go flying everywhere, cooked ghoul everywhere, and all of the ghouls are destroyed. Yay. Even though Dia didn't want to keep you, you still protect him. Good girl, Waffles. She is a good girl. Can you heal Dia? Just look to the ground. He's just like rigid holding the sword. Uh, actually, Umbril says, I can take care of him. And no. She, no, it's fine. I've got it. I've got it. What? No, I've got it. I've got it. Someone get it. Stand aside. Let the cleric do its work. Fine. She yeah, will kneel down. I mean, my pleasure. She will kneel down. And utter a prayer to Torm. And every time she says Torm, she says it very loudly for Eva. <laughs> <laughs> and then she will place a hand on Diath and cast Lesser Restoration, removing the paralyzation effect. Isn't it nice that we can use the less powerful God to do the less important things? <laughs> less powerful? Spell, less powerful? She no. gets in your face at this point. I, I don't mean, think so, little one. Make, Please I mean, fight. what is to say what is power? You know, who can measure the power of, of the morning lord? So. I like walk between them, try to split them. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. She and says, like, morning is like what? An hour? Torm is all day, lady. <laughs> Evelyn, <laughs> Evelyn just kind of looks at Dia like. <laughs> Strix just walks up and she's like, they can both die, so don't worry about it. They'll just be floating in the astral plane one day, so you know. Dieth is, uh, <laughs> is finally sat up from being paralyzed. He's just sitting there, just kind of says out loud to himself, I think I hate Chalt. <laughs> no, 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 it's nice. It's our nice new place to live. It's so no. fun. Look, we look, are not friends. living here. And I hug, too, I hug, uh, I forgot her name. <laughs> Umbrella. Don't even know her name. Umbrella. <laughs> Umbrella. Did you? No wonder Umbrella is so mad at you. I keep wanting to call her Professor. I keep wanting to call her Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm like, see, look, we're friends. We're all here for the same reason: the great, the good of mankind. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't fight amongst each other. We've got plenty of other things to vent our frustrations on. In the name of the Morning Lord, I then, agree. Then a bug just sort of bites you and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, can I maybe check, do an Arcana check to see if I know what those triangles were? Uh, yeah, you can. History or Arcana would be fine. All right, cool, because I am curious. Oh, okay, well... Uh, 16. Okay. Uh, you remember seeing that symbol in one of the books in Wakanga Otamu's library. Ooh. It is the symbol of Raz Nisi, the, the evil warlord um, who waged war on Chult centuries right. ago. So he, he's supposedly dead. He's supposedly dead, uh, but in his day, he used an army of undead to attack right. the city of Mesro, you recall. 
All right. Um, so we might have a new, freshly living undead person who is sending undead after us for some unknown reason. And as you say that, the sun, just at that moment, sort of dips under the mountains to the west, and uh, darkness begins to creep across you. Oh, good. And now it's getting dark. (laughs) 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 There's nothing undead love more than convenient darkness. We can never be in true darkness when we are bathed in the light of the morning, Lord. Sometimes I just really wish you wouldn't say those things. <laughs> or, you know, if you have a hut where you can control the lighting. As uh, Dragonbait um, just sort of cleans the ghoul dust off his blade, uh, he smells like tar. Ew. Ew. And he pulls out a wineskin and just sort of gives a triumphant drink. I give him a then he hands and Then, then I... he hands out the wineskin to the nearest character, which is like, DF. Actually, it's probably Chumba. Always Chumba. All right, always Chumba. (laughs) Chumba's right there, waiting for the ham. Waiting for the ham. Chumba (laughs) and is shaking a little bit nervous because, in his mind, he's just made his best friend in the whole world, and he he drinks it and uh, is not. He's secretly very worried about what it is. Doesn't know. Okay. Halton saw wine, so therefore he is the next closest character. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, When you drink it, you realize that it is a tej. It's a sort of a honey ale drink uh, from Port Nyanzaru that you're drinking. Um, But you drink some, you pass it off to Paulton. Paulton drinks probably the rest, hands the empty (laughs) wineskin off to the next person. No, Strix is going to take it. It's It's empty. empty. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's a shame, too, because it went down smooth. (laughs) Uh, Ava that- walks over to Chumba and she's like, "I saw that first hit you dealt. That was, that was pretty ferocious." Yep, thank you. Uh, my my skimitar's named is Moonblade of the Darkness Knight, and it is <laughs> one of the most powerful swords in all. Of <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like I fumble over after him and I'm like that's good buddy you did a good job. I give him a way too hard pat on the back tries <laughs> act tough and like act like right. but you, you you knock him off balance because he's very small when Dragonbait gets his wineskin back he's like completely empty he starts to smell like roses and then he puts it away uh, and then he starts to he just sort of taps uh, Chumba on the shoulder points with his sword in a direction and goes off in that direction I look oh. back at the group and say, Dragon Bait wants us to follow him and also communicates that he and I are now best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. That's so nice. Oh, All right. right. We're still going. Good. Uh, yes. And you walk and walk and walk, uh, following, staying near the cliffs. And then as it gets quite dark, just as the last little bit of light lets you see pretty much anything, uh, you come to a promontory where uh, Dragonbait just sort of stops. He plants his sword in the ground, and then he sort of assumes a kind of meditative pose, like he's appealing to some sort of higher power for guidance or something. But it lasts only about 10, 15 seconds, and as you're waiting for him to come to his senses, you look around and you see past the cliffs, down some ways. You you must have climbed a fair bit up, um, but down probably the rest of your, your next morning's journey, you can see the mouth of the river Soshan Star spilling into oh. the bay. I look back at the group and say, that is the river known as Silken Wind. <laughs> and uh, based on, uh, you see that um, 
you kind of, uh, Dragon Bait just sort of gestures to set down the canoes, and he just sort of makes himself comfortable on this promontory. Um, like, this is where he's stopping for the night. Yeah, we make camp here. Okay. Hot. We make hot. We make hot. <laughs> we make hot here. Yeah, the hut goes up. Uh, all the stars in the night sky come out. Uh, you can see uh, Dragon Bait is kind of entranced by them and periodically uh, just loses himself staring up at the sky. I give them a tour of Paulton's hut. And the great thing oh about the God. hut, Paulton, is it keeps all the bugs out. Mm-hmm. The other oh, great thing, I bought all these. The other great thing about the hut is when it goes up, I'm also instantly in like a red silk robe. A little modification you made to the spell at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very important. Okay. Um, And Strix is going to explain to Dragonbait, too, that so there might be maybe some hags that come. Just don't pay attention to those. I actually forgot about that. Just like, oh, I'm ready. I never forget. (laughs) What? Um, Why do you? The hags already came and ate the pie. Why do you guys think they're going to be over here? I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, so, um, as Everyone night... Everyone just ignores Evelyn again. She's like, <laughs> exactly. It's weird they don't like to talk about those hags. As the night wears on and you're all sleeping soundly in the comforts of the hut, um, watching bugs crawl on the outside of the hut, uh, trying to find their way in but can't. And, uh, yes, uh, Dragonbait does kind of doze off and Umbral dozes off and Chumba dozes off and you all gradually doze off, except you, Evelyn, who... You can sleep and you do need rest, but you don't you don't feel fatigued like the rest of the party does. I do shut down so I can recharge you do. my spells yes. and stuff. And as you're all I shut down. I wait for everyone else to fall asleep though, and I kind of watch them happily while they're sleeping for a second, okay. and then I go, <laughs> The hags visit once more. They come in their spectral ghostly forms and ride you like they're having sex with you. Uh, Paulton, D.F., and uh, <laughs> Strix. And as they do, they pull out blades and stick them in your chest and slice you open down the middle from your neck to your groin. And you can feel, you don't feel game, like you're, good. you don't feel like you're bleeding out or anything. It just feels like a tingling, like just slashes you one clean stroke each. And they peel back your chest and they pull out a, another sack and they dump it next to them. And what comes out of the sack is a gigantic maggot-like worm, sort of yellowish-white, uh, segmented. And it flops out next to them and they, it grabs it by the body. And it's, this worm is about four and a half, five feet long. And it doesn't end in a worm's head. It ends in what looks like a twisted, contorted human's head. And it's just howling. And the hag puts it into your chest, pushes it down inside of you while it's still screaming, and then closes up your chest and starts stitching it up. Just Welcome so- to the game, Jeff. Just sewing it all up. And while this process is going on, you can just barely move. You're just sort of looking and watching as the stitches go and sew up your entire chest and the screaming finally is smothered as all of the stitches tighten and the sound is completely muffled. And then the hags all look at each other with their scissors and their thread 
and they just turn to sort of ghostly vapor and disappear. And I don't like the X-Files. <laughs> Third night, slightly less fun. <laughs> yeah, right. it starts with, yeah, they're riding you like you're having sex. I was like, man, why didn't you say Chumba? And they said, and then they cut you open and put a worm in you. I was like, all right, Chumba. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so as, that, as they disappear, the three of you all awaken, and you, you sort of immediately look at your chest to see the damage that was done, and there's no evidence that any wound was inflicted upon you. Evelyn's still just like... All right, at this point, now that it's over, like, is there... Does Strix know what they did at all? Yeah, you can make an Arcana check. All right, because I would like to know. Okay, this is much better. 22. So when evil souls are, are... When evil people die... Their souls often end up in a place called Hades, right? And there like they this. they are there they are turned into worm-like creatures called larvae, right. which night hags are known to sell. It's basically it. the soul of an evil person trapped in this horrific form and mm. damned for all time to the lower planes to be basically used as barter uh, for making things. They have taken larvae and put them inside of you, so you now have a second soul. An evil soul locked inside your bodies. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You think that that is that this should, were you to die now, and the soul monger were to take try to take your soul, it would take that soul instead. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, this is gonna be bad. Sweet. Sister go just wakes up and just says, "This is gonna be bad." And Do that's where we're gonna this? stop for tonight. <laughs> Our next game is not next Tuesday. We are not playing next Tuesday. Um, a bunch of us are a, getting ready for TwitchCon or B touring, which I'm sure Nate will talk about momentarily. So no game next Tuesday, but there is a game next week technically because at TwitchCon on Sunday, correct me if I'm wrong, Anna, we are gathering to play a live dice camera action game. Um, and we're going to have Jeff there, playing Chumba, and we're going to have a second guest star there. A second surprise guest star, uh, and we will be continuing this adventure then. So we will pick up with episode 65 live at TwitchCon next, not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday. That's right. And it's going to be live streamed, right, Anna? Yes. So people can watch it from home if they can't make the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Yay. Yep, it'll be on twitch.tv slash twitchpresents. And if you want to find out more info about it, you can go to twitchcon.com or download the TwitchCon app, and you can set a little reminder for yourself, I think. I don't right. know. I've never used the app. I just think it can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, other announcements. Let's go with Nate. Yeah. Uh, my I've said it the past few weeks, but in case you weren't aware, my tour... Uh, the Cool and Good Tour, which is with me, uh, Mando Pony, and Amalie. Our music tour uh, comes back this Friday. Uh, we're playing Anaheim, California, Phoenix, Salt Lake City, Denver, Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco between the 13th and the 22nd. So if Holy you live in those shit. cities, uh, get your tickets. A couple of those shows are almost sold out, so make sure you get them quick. And it's going to be fun. Take your vitamin C. Do it. Yeah. Other things going on? 
Um, I after TwitchCon, I will be at PAX Australia. So if you live in Australia, you can come say hi. It's in Melbourne. So hooray! Uh, all right. Anything? Jeff, you should say what you're doing yeah. at TwitchCon. What are you doing at TwitchCon? Uh, uh, well, after I'm going to be with you awesome folks, and then I'm doing an esports panel talking about my experiences with some other wonderful people in esports. Um, I'm doing a panel with Adam Coble about DMing. I'm on that. Oh, no. I'm on the other one with you. The That's that one, I thought. Oh, is it that one? Oh, I guess it is. <laughs> I don't know. Is it I, I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, both of you are on a panel with Adam Coble talking yes. about <laughs> RPGs as entertainment. There you go. It's going Thank to you, be Anna. on Saturday. That's right. Yeah, man. Exactly. That's what I was I am a TwitchCon computer. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you sleep, Anna. Ah. <laughs> a lot of TwitchCon stuff. Um, don't forget fanboys. Yes. I also do another show I just came from. Uh, called Fanboys at 1 p.m. on Tuesday. We just talk about movies and shows and comics and stuff. Today I talked about Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy. It was really fun. So that's about it. Just thank you, everybody. I've I, uh, been watching and, and, you know, Anna's been doing this for a while. It's really cool. So it was fun to jump in there and not understand all the inside jokes, but still play a <laughs> tiny little fart goblin man. So. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And things will be fun next week, too. Join the Dice Cutting Revolution Discord and the subreddit. Yep. We can join in, in the community and discussions and fan art and fan fiction stories and sharing. It's super cool. We Wonderful place to hang see out. see all of it. We do. All right. And so yeah. if there are no other announcements. Uh, I'm playing my misclicks game right after this uh, where we play a second edition-ish homebrew. And that's going to be on twitch.tv slash misclicks right now. And young people of the show don't use fireballs to clear forests. No, <laughs> no, no, straight. No. It's the, oh. it's, it's the raining. It's fine. Super fast non D and D thing. It's a small thing, but just for fun. Um, Gundam Iron Blooded Orphan season two is premiering on Toonami. Uh, I'm in a couple of the episodes. So if you watch it, you might hear me and it'll be fun. Oh, so outstanding. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right. Then that is all, folks. Uh, we will bid you adieu until we see you live at TwitchCon. And uh, until then. Ah. See you right. at TwitchCon! All right. Have fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on Tomb of Annihilation, head to dnd.wizards.com slash TOA, or if you have any questions about the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash DCA. Until next week, happy hunting.